Hello everyone and good night. This is the Business Motivation Podcast, episode 6. I am your host, Matthew Farkerson, the Business Motivator. And tonight we have yet another special guest with us. His name is Stefan Roper, the founder of Roper Consultants. Stefan, say hello to the people. Hi, afternoon, everybody. Um, Matthew, thanks for having me. I really, really, really appreciate it. All right, thank you very much. Yes, Stefan Roper, the founder of Roper Consultants. Of course, um, I've known this young man for a few years. Um, back in those days when, you know, he was, you know, here in Jamaica, um, singing with his singing group. Um, He's actually overseas now. So yes, this is the first international episode of <laughs> the Business Motivation Podcast. <laughs> so um, please make him welcome, man. Um, before we get any further, um, some of the terms that he might use may be a bit technical, but we're all here to learn, including myself. All right. Okay, Mr. Roper. Roper Consultants sounds very official. I really like the sound of it. But um, what do you do, really? Because I know it's a technical thing, but I don't really know exactly what it is. So can you, in layman's terms, explain what you do? All right. So basically, I'm a quantity surveyor. And that is like a cost expert in construction. So... I mean, layman's term, if you wanted a mortgage from NHT, if you go to NHT, they tell that you need an estimate that's going to reflect the respective items of work that you need to undertake and the, respect, the cost associated to the respective item of work. So once you give me your drawings or I might need to come and take measurements based on data that I have or that's presented to me, then I'll put together a legal document called a bill of quantities so in a, in a nutshell, basically, um, I quantify materials and build estimates for any form of construction, whether it's residential, commercial. Once there's details or drawings that reflects the the work, then it can be um, a cost can be added to it, and that's where I come in. Wow, um, that that was a lot, and yes, it sounds quite technical it sounds a bit tedious to be honest um as a person who studies statistics in university i know how dealing with numbers can be very tedious and time consuming but you know at the end of the day the job has to get done so mr Roper, i do want you to get a little bit into your story you know that we know what you do i know i started out with that because you know i want people to get a better idea as to what you do so that they can more understand your story when you're explaining it right so um i would assume that you studied is there a degree in quantity surveying or is a engineering degree or what so i have a degree in quantity surveying from the university of technology okay. technology jamaica which is actually the only university in the caribbean that offers said course wow okay so for those who are interested in that field, you know where to go um, to pursue that career path. 
I actually didn't know that it was a degree by itself. So thanks for enlightening me on that. <laughs> All right, so you have a degree in um, quantitative surveying. So is it, so what was your university experience like? I, I would assume that you didn't have many persons doing what you are doing. Am I wrong about that? No, I think it, in my year group, we probably had about, I don't remember exactly, I think we had about 12 or 15 persons that graduated that year. But like you, Matthew, there are many other persons who are learning about the profession. And so basically, it's, it's still, uh, there are a lot of professions that exist now that saturated. But That's true. This profession is growing in demand as persons realize are, are, as commercial entities, as person persons doing regular construction realize the need of a quantity surveyor, you know, it, it, it brings more value to the profession. So it's a growing profession if there's anybody out there that wants to consider a construction-related profession. All right, awesome, awesome. So for those who are listening and you're interested in that field, if you're good at maths, this is one of the things you can do. This is the degree that you can go for. That's great. So. So you weren't, you know, um, you weren't really to yourself then in university. So, so that's a good thing. But um, when exactly did you start this business? Because did you start while you were here or when you went overseas? Which one is it? I started the business in December of 2018 officially. Okay. Um. And that was inspired through my no business mentor, um, Adrian Chin. So basically, an opportunity came up and he said, hey, you know, the best way to do this is if you go ahead and register a company. Now, I always knew I wanted a company, but then it took somebody investing their people currency in me. Somebody trusted me enough to say, hey, Rope, I think you're at least okay enough with this that you can start a business and that gave me the push to actually go and register and start and run the business for the past uh, what three 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 years basically yeah, three years. well hold on so you started when you were in the united states or here in jamaica no in jamaica i've actually recently okay. been here in the u.s um <clears throat> yeah basically all right, and um, I, I see you mentioned two things that I need to touch on a little bit. Um, you mentioned having a mentor, and that's something that I I preach here on the Business Motivation Podcast. Um, it's always good, even if you don't have a mentor, it's good to have somebody there that can set you in the right direction. Um, in episode one, I spoke to, to Giovanni Maddox about his experience and you know it was one of his friends that you know encouraged him to pursue entrepreneurship and there's his history so um getting a good mentor can be difficult but even before you get that mentor it's good to have good friends family members to set you in the right direction and when you do get that mentor you know take the opportunity with open arms because look it, it's not really too often you get people who would really take their personal time out and really believe in, in what you have to bring to the table. So if somebody sees that in you, you have to just run with it. All right? I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and you mentioned a very key element as well. It's, it's having friends. I have had the same friends 
for all my life. Um, and we're talking about mentorship still. My friends have are a big part of who I am today. I mean, yes, my parents and you know all those other persons who who were a part of the scholastic development are important. But having persons around me that are called true friends who made me think at a higher level, who viewed me at a higher level than I actually was at, who always knew that okay, Stefan was destined for bigger things or great things and. Because they saw me a certain, a particular way, and held me to high standards, that intrinsically motivated me to want more, to create more, to launch off from a stable platform. Awesome. And um, me as a business motivator, I can be that friend for you to motivate you and put you in the right direction. So you know who to contact. Um, and the other point that I wanted to touch on is the fact that you said, you know, it's a growing field. And I think that makes it more valuable in terms of what you bring to the table. Because, as you said, in your class, it was like 12 persons. Now, I studied economics in university. And I go into a lecture theater. And you have hundreds of students doing similar courses to me, right? <laughs> so... I mean, when you have such a rare skill, it makes what you bring to the city more valuable. So my message is to you, um, those who are listening, try to develop a skill that is at least somewhat rare. I remember doing an interview for a statistician post. And, you know, at the end of the day, it turns out that they needed a more experienced person. But the fact that they saw that I studied statistics, they were really trying to, you know, see if I can, you know, get the job. But it because, you know, the, one of the person who interviewed me said, you know, there's not many people who do this kind of thing. And I was like, hmm, really? Yeah, because, look, enough people just don't like math. Especially in Jamaica here. It, it's <laughs> Which is a huge, huge stereotype um I, I think for me the beauty about numbers is numbers always prove true exactly right that's right the numbers don't lie i, I said that all the time but yeah um i think i think uh, 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 the reason why a lot of people struggle with math is because it's a mental block they just think it's hard before they even try but we're not here to discuss that try to develop a skill that is at least somewhat rare it improves what value you bring to the table. I, I, if I can just touch on that a little bit, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you need you need a, a rare skill or a new skill. It just means that it has to be. I would say it needs to be something that you are truly passionate about. Right. And it doesn't matter how saturated the field is. It means that once you know how you're going to add value and bring diversity and difference and deliver. You know, then the, then that's enough for you to enter any saturated market with or, or, or something. That once you have the passion that's going to drive you to make that difference, that by itself I think is adequate. I mean, of course you need skills and and, and the mindset and the the necessary tools to achieve it. But if you're passionate about it and you have the requisite skills to achieve it, then let nothing at all stop you. Whether the market is saturated. The difference that you bring to the table might be just what the market needs for you right. to. 
Awesome points. Um, Stefan made some very important points a while ago. Authenticity, bringing your flavor, bringing your value to the market is very important. Uh, of course, you can get pointers like this and more in my free ebook, Prioritizing Your Business Vision. Email will be in the description. You can just send me an email and you get the book. It's as simple as that. Volume 1, by the way. Right, and you made a very important point there. Just about every, well, not every, but most things we can think of right now is kind of saturated. Even this YouTube thing, like, there are millions of YouTube channels out there, <laughs> millions. But it's like the top 10% actually make money off YouTube, right? Because they are bringing something special to the table. They're adding their kind of value to the table. So yes, even though I said try to develop a skill that's at least somewhat rare, even if you do develop this skill, there are still other people who are doing it the same way, right? Even if you find a niche market, you're still not the only one there. So you still have to add your value to the market. And um, just to make reference to what you said about being passionate about what you do, um, episodes three and four come to mind immediately. Um, especially episode four, I was speaking to Mr. Ming about his his purpose. He, he decided to attach his business to what his purpose in life is. And that, you know, helped him to, to move forward. So you have to find a purpose. Um, in, the, in my free ebook, I call it Finding Your Why. W-H-Y. That, that three-letter word. Amazing. All right. So we're, 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 we're getting into the, a good discussion. We're making some very good points. But I want to backtrack on your personal experience now. Um, you said you started while you were in Jamaica. And now you're in the United States. Um, first and foremost, are things much different between the two markets? So I'm in construction and the truth about it is that principles don't change. Standards are different, but principles remain the same. So the, the principles of construction are the same in Jamaica and in the US, but the standards are different. Um, the methodology, the way they do things, the culture is different, but uh, the core of it is all the same. I, I remember I was doing an interview and I was asked the question, you know, how do I think the US market differs from, the US industry differs from the Jamaican industry? And the main difference is really methodology. Okay. Um, they do things a little differently. I mean, in Jamaica, I don't think that we're big on timber construction and, and frame construction. We're more a traditional black and steel kind of people, concrete, cemented. While in the US, a lot of the work that is done here is mostly drywall, um, a lot of timber um, and woodwork. So <clears throat> the main difference, like I said, is methodology, but the core of it, the principles are all the same. Um, I think the US has a more, of course they're more technology, technologically advanced than we are. So they have better tools that support the effort better, that makes the work easier. Right. But uh, the core of it is the same. I'm seeing things that I can, I apply from in Jamaica here in the US and I see things that I've learned here in the US that I can easily apply in Jamaica and that's just how, the con how connected the industry universally is. 
Okay, that sounds good. Um, so it wasn't much of a learning curve when you moved over there. All right. It, no, it, I, I had and still have a huge learning curve. Um, okay. I, and a big part of it is, I think in the Jamaican industry, there was still a lot more to learn, but I had the foundation down. I, I knew the core of it all. I remember coming here and initially starting this new opportunity that put itself as a construction estimator. And I had to be asking somebody else for help. And it, like I said, it, it, was, a lear- it was a humbling learning experience for me because I had to use that as, okay, fine. I had to, to evaluate myself daily, so, okay, fine. Yes, I know I'm accustomed to knowing everything or knowing most of what there is to know or having the resources readily available to call somebody who already knows but here i was in an industry nobody knows me um nobody even knows my degree wow. um but uh, the good thing is and it's a, a huge part of making any business support um successful it's uh, making the best of every opportunity that comes by so the opportunity came um and that's a story by itself when the opportunity, somebody called me one day and said, hey, you know, I see your resume. Um, do you know how to use a software called Iris Meet Online? And I said, no, I've never heard of a software before. They said, okay, fine. Look into it. Three weeks after they called me and said, okay, come for an interview. What I did in that three weeks, I went ahead and I paid for an online course. No, I didn't, think, didn't know if I was going to get the job, but I figured at the end of the day, Education is an investment that nobody can take from you. So whether I had gotten the job, yes or no, um, I was still going to go ahead and, and take on the course. I did the course, learned the course, started the job. And when I went and told them that in the interview that, hey, you know, I went ahead, learned the course, they told somebody else and everybody was impressed. Uh, to the point where the person that they told offered me a position and put a hand on Openness, I applied for and I said, well, you know, we heard that uh, he took the initiative to go and learn and, and, and learn the software to, to apply it. So the core of it really is an opportunity presented itself. I was, I didn't have the necessary tools at the get-go, but I took the initiative to invest in myself. And that's what, you know, being a successful anything, um, entrepreneur means. It means taking the time out to evaluate yourself, knowing exactly where you're at and where you need to be and set your path to get there. When you set the path and the path doesn't mean, sometimes the path doesn't mean spending some money. Sometimes the tools you need isn't directly related to the field that you're in. I think it's Robert, um, I'm not sure remember what his name is now, but he said that many many business, business persons are one trade away from being truly successful. So. You can be an amazing doctor, but what if you took a sales course or a marketing course that taught you how to market your skill set? Wow. You know, so a lot of things. So for me, that course, the opportunity, opportunity came, did the course, um, got the got the job, and it, it meant spending a lot of, a lot more time in learning the course. It means I had to watch a whole bunch of YouTube videos to the point now where I'm not. Fully, I wouldn't say I'm 100% proficient in the software, but uh, I know enough to satisfy my employers. Ah, oh, awesome. Um, that, was, that was a lot. <laughs> so really 
key points were hit a while ago. And the biggest one, I think, is investing in yourself. Educate yourself. Even if you don't have the money to pay for a course, there are free online courses out there that can, you know, make you a, a bit smarter. Even if it's, you know, little steps. Make those little steps. Don't just stay where you are. Invest in yourself. Invest in your skills. Very, um, very good points that, that that was pretty cool though like you know they actually ask you about the software and you know you took the initiative yes life is all about initiative people you might never know what will happen you know once you take that initiative you know to get to you know the other step but let me ask you about your clients now um you you are a consultant now right um are your clients satisfied? I, I believe so. I try my very best <laughs> to satisfy. A concept that I'm learning now is under promise over deliver. Um, ah. I, I, I'm trying as best as possible uh, to take the time out to figure out what my clients want. It's not, it's not just for... Of course, I want your money. I do. I mean, for any... Yes. Business to be successful, it means me taking your money. Yeah. But I want your money and I want to deliver good service. So I tell all my clients that okay, fine. I might just I might do an estimate for you for to get approved for the loan for NHT. And when you get approved for the mortgage, call me at any time during the construction process to ask me whatever question. And for me, I, I feel like I don't charge for consultation. It, it, it it's well. For residential projects commercially it's a little different but be i try to live deliver a1 service because for one i'm a stickler for great customer service um i don't always get it right sometimes there are some little things that might happen during the process and i try to and in those cases i try to keep the lines of communication free and open right but i i believe i'm satisfying my clients i i, I strongly believe so maybe one of these days um you have to bring one of my clients on and ask them personally. Oh, well, I mean, maybe one day we can set things up and have you back on the podcast. Who knows? Um, that's that's actually a, a good idea. And I might take the initiative to set that up anyway. Right. So customer service is very important. Listen, I, I remember when I, well, I used to do Zoom meetings and we talk about business topics and one of the topics was things I do not like about Jamaican businesses. And of course, the customer service aspect was one of them. No, this does not apply to every business. I have experienced good customer service here. But a lot of the times, it's like you're begging people to serve you. And, and it's you paying your money, you know? You know, I, I agree. I, I was interested in watching something on, I think, Instagram where it was saying Jamaican restaurants in the US, it, you have to buy the food when it's open because you never know when it's not going to be open. Oh boy. See? So um, I, I do commend you for um, really highlighting customer service because. Um, you mentioned, yes, you want the money, but, you know, you want to bring an A-game. 
equal value exchange. Very important in business. Yes, in addition to that, even your smallest client has a network. So ah, that's true. I might do a small estimate for you, Matthew, but you're in the statistics field. You might know somebody who wants to do a billion dollar house somewhere. And just from me meeting your needs, satisfying your customer service requirements and delivering on what you're paying me for. And I might have given you a big discount as well because I believe in discount because this is it for me. It's a person I give a discount today will be the teller in the bank tomorrow. Okay. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't undervalue my work, but no man is an island. Ah. And again, the network, you don't know. Some persons might just need a simple service now, but if you really saw the network that is behind that person, you would offer, you go above, go above and beyond to satisfy that person. Awesome, awesome. Very good point. You can never know who knows who, especially in Jamaica where links run things. Right. <laughs> you can never know. So please, guys, those who have businesses, Customer service, customer satisfaction, very important. And for those who are considering um, starting a business, have that in mind. Have a plan on how you're going to serve these customers. Because at the end of the day, yes, you want the money, but they want good service. And because they're giving you the money, they deserve it. No, I'm going to be a bit controversial here. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think the customer is always right? Honestly, uh, there's a time and place for everything under the sun. And I think, uh, yes, you're paying for a service. And I don't think every customer is always right. Life is a matter of perspective. But at the end of the day, if I value you enough and you respect me enough, then we can agree that there are differences and work together to achieve the purpose. So awesome. no, I don't think customers are always right. And sometimes, you know, I, me as the, the business owner, I might not be right. But if I'm open enough to respect you and to listen to you, then through communication, we can bridge that gap. Awesome. I, I agree with you. I, I don't think the customer is right all the time. Wow, this has been a really good conversation so far. But I do want to ask you, though, um, so you talk about your time here in Jamaica and stuff, but then what's it like being in the United States doing this kind of work? Somebody said something to me a couple months ago. Um, they said to me, it's an estimator's world, not country. It's an estimator's world. Okay. And I'm a quantity surveyor. I'm just wearing the hat of an estimator. Or no, because what I am basically what I'm looking at right now is yes, I still have a business going in Jamaica and I put things in place to make sure that all the needs of the business is satisfied. I still do all the work, but I still have a team behind me that goes above and beyond to make sure that whatever I need, whoever we need to meet, whoever we need, we need to satisfy is satisfied, right? But being overseas most of the time, it allows me to gather enough information to equip myself with information to offer a higher level of service. I'm not talking just residential, I'm talking about commercially because I'm seeing a lot of things that 
is happening in the industry here that if applied to Jamaica would make the world of difference. Right. So basically, your experience in the United States is basically like almost like going to university again. You're learning so many all things. <laughs> You're learning no, so many nobody knows me and i think that's one of the reasons why i decided to take on the challenge as willing to take on the challenge was because okay for, I, i've lived in jamaica all my life um i i made a life in jamaica but here is an opportunity to challenge everything that i've known to put it all to the test to see if i'm good enough to see if my support system is strong enough to recreate it all in a new country or to level up on a different platform than what i've already um, established ah yeah i really like that and of course that goes back to investing in yourself um i oftentimes look at i watch videos about um success su su successful people sorry and successful businesses and one of the things that they always keep mentioning is to at least move out of your hometown get out of that comfort zone no, Jamaica is a very small country. Um, a little bit less in little bit less in population than London, I think, and that's just one city, right? So let's just use London as a figurative, you know, example. Now, sometimes you have to leave London, right? Go somewhere else and ex and you know gain more experience. No. Even if you don't get the chance to, to travel, take on a new challenge. Sometimes you have to do things that you're afraid to do. And then you realize, you know, this thing isn't that bad, you know. Maybe I can continue doing this. Sometimes you're better at something than you think you are, right? And I'm leaving that as a word of encouragement to you guys. Those who are brave, are those who are you know afraid to do something but they do it anyway right so you have to be brave in life it's a part of life and it's a huge part of business i was talking to um Chanel martin for episode five and you know i mentioned that you know doubt kills more businesses than anything else because some people we're so afraid we don't want to take that step and you know a good mentor can really push you you know further you know if, if you're if you're afraid but you still have to put in the word yourself um mr ropa i do have a question though so what are the challenges were there any challenges that you've you know gone through in starting up this business you know maybe lack of finances or you know maybe the covid thing make it harder made it harder i don't know can you enlighten us so Initially, so the, the I'm in a service industry and right. the, the deliverables are mostly dependent on me. It's uh, I'm not in goods and service. So basically, with COVID, I didn't have to rely on anybody else to get anything done. And sometimes relying on, on, on third parties to do things for you doesn't always work out. But for me, it's me and my brain power. Once I, once I have a skill set and I think... Uh, when I think about it, Jamaica places great emphasis on formal education, scholastic education. But I think a lot more value or equal value to be placed on technical education. Mm -hmm. 
Amen. With our skill set, and I'm going to say I don't just have a, a, a career or a profession. I have a skill set that nobody can take from me. Right? So with that, I have been able to adapt to the changes. And and, and it's a part of being, being in business. It's, it's, you have to be innovative. You have to be willing to to, to, to be diverse and to, to change in an ever-changing world and society. So as things change, you make the necessary changes to meet the needs that will come up. Come up Because in construction, we always say that there, there is no two projects that are the same. Every project has its own personality. Okay. Right? So it, it, it requires diversity and flexibility in how you think and, and how you approach it. To, to get to, to get it done as it relates to startup what i did initially before i went ahead and registered a company i spent a little time building clientele and it goes back to delivering good customer service i think i'm getting something right in that department uh so while we, 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 we advertise on instagram and facebook but i think for me we have been more successful in each one reach one so i do some good work for you matthew and you know, some Mark needs somebody to an estimate, you would pass me on to Mark. A good reputation takes you far enough that you won't need to rely on anybody. Like somebody was saying to me, Tesla, have you ever seen a Tesla advertisement? You probably never see it, but uh, Tesla don't advertise, but they believe that uh, their work stands alone and should speak by itself. That's enough um, advertisement, good quality stands alone, and that alone will reach who needs to be reached. Wow, awesome. So, despite the challenges, you know, you develop the mentality to press on. And um, your education, your investment in yourself and all that stuff helped you to push forward. And, you know, this is why we emphasize these kind of things, because challenges will come. I, I often tell the story about um, Motorola. When they first started out, they were selling appliances, I think. And then that, you know, side of their market failed. And so they changed up, you know, they made some changes. They adapted and they started selling phones. And, you know, you know, Motorola was a very popular phone brand back in the day. And so, that's what you have to do, but you have to have the mindset, you know, and along with the knowledge and the skills in order for you to press on. So, Mr. Roper, this has been a wonderful conversation. Um, I just want to ask you to give a final word of encouragement to those who are listening. Uh, I mean, I'm going to say something that is very cliche, but... Uh, the value that it has is beyond the words can really and truly express. Self-belief. If you believe in yourself enough to take on whatever challenges that comes along, then that will be sufficient. Equip yourself with the tools. Once you have the tools and you are passionate about what you do, believe in yourself enough to push. And if you if you do that, then you'll overcome whatever challenges that come. Support yourself with persons who, you know, will support you, support yourself with, uh, surround yourself with people who are more knowledgeable than you are. Um, right. My mother always said, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Many of us as, as entrepreneurs, our problems, our problem is not, uh, or 
surrounding is how high we can think. So think up and think above where you are. Even if you're just starting a business today, there's nothing wrong with getting shirts with logos. The next step, the next level that you want a business to get to, that's the level that you operate at. Right? So most importantly, I, I mean, I'm a Christian and I give God thanks for all my, my, my success. And a lot of times I don't even think myself successful because I feel like there's just so much more to be done. So I'm getting some things done, but there's so much more to do. Uh, I'm happy that I'm getting some things right, but there's a lot more to do. There's a lot more to get done. But I'm happy that I was surrounded by the right people and family and, and, and friends who motivated me in, in different ways that made me believe that I had enough to make it through any challenge and to thrive in any industry. And don't be oh, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to start. Awesome. Awesome. Um there were so many final words <laughs> you know, in that a while ago. Um Stefan Roper, really, really thankful to you for coming on this episode of the Business Motivation Podcast. I am Matthew Ferguson, your host, the Business Motivator. Remember, always stay motivated. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you for the next episode. Okay?